What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I hope you're having a fantastic weekend so far. I just want to bring another great episode to you guys and girls from my man, George Fochive, episode 29 of The Footballer's Journey. George had some great, great insights in this podcast, and I think you guys will really learn a lot and really enjoy it. He started his college career at UConn, got drafted to the Timbers, Then he spent three years over in Denmark enjoying Scandinavian life. And now he's over playing in the first league in Israel for Hapoel Hadera. He's 27 years old and he's a center defensive mid. Enjoy. Hey, George, how you doing, man? What's up, bro? How are you? Good, good. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. No problem. How you doing, man? How's Israel treating you? It's good, man. It's really warm right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it it actually strangely resembles like the states. Oh yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, people would think you know it's such a far away country, different. Uh, ethics different culture but you know that's good to hear right well sort of but it's not that i mean people are nice people are warm you know people are uh welcoming so absolutely but yeah man i mean uh if you could just introduce yourself uh you know how old uh how old you are your name where you're from originally uh yeah where you're currently Um, playing at and then basically just like a a background journey up until, you know, your first contract and then throughout, you know, just a little, nothing too structured, but the stage is yours, man. Yeah, okay. So, um, obviously, my name is George, George Fischiuve. I am, um, I'm from the D.C. area, um, uh, from Maryland, um, Silver Spring, Maryland. I've, uh, I've kind of lived all over the place, man, because, uh, my mom is French. Um, I moved to my mom when I was a kid. I did some schooling there. I came back to the States and then went back, back and forth for like 10 years. And then I moved to Hawaii when I was 17. Wow. Um, started college there and, um, and transferred to the University of Connecticut in 2011, I believe, or 12. And I graduated from there. I was drafted to Portland, uh, to the Portland Timbers in the MLS draft. And then, uh, and then from there, I've played, uh, I played, yeah, I played, uh, I had some stints with Portland. Well, the first team in MLS, we won the, the MLS Cup in 2015. I, um, my first year in Portland, I was actually loaned to Sacramento for half a year. Um, and we won the USL championship that year with Sacramento. Um, I moved to Denmark after the, the MLS cup championship and I played in Denmark for, uh, for the last three years and just most recently moved to Israel and started playing here. Yeah. Great stuff, man. I mean, sounds like quite a journey. Uh, obviously yeah. that, that's just, uh, another beautiful part of the game, uh, right. just being able to travel meet new people new experience new cultures and uh eat good food you know right uh um, right. 
but yeah, I mean, what, uh, what kind of, um, made you make the move over to Denmark after playing in, uh, the U S um, I don't know. I was just kind of, uh, I was adventurous at the time. I think, um, I think uh, I loved Portland. I loved the Timbers. Um, I had a great time there. I made, uh, I made a lot of progress there. I, um, I really liked it there, but, um, Mm. but I think that the, the small, well, not small, but the kind of the disadvantage we have in MLS for younger players. And at that time, I don't know if it's changed a lot or not. Um, is that young players on on certain teams didn't, you know, it, it was very, very difficult to break through. And mm-hmm. there were too many guys ahead of you. And I had come off a, a good season and where we won the cup and where I played some important games for the team. And I was basically going to be number four or five um, center DM again. Um, so I felt like I didn't really earn anything that year. Um, that's how I felt. I don't know if it, was, mm-hmm. if it was actually true or not, but that's how I felt. And uh, and uh, um, this opportunity to go to Denmark uh, presented itself, and then I just took it. It it really happened in like half a day. Absolutely. Um, right. I went there to to train uh, during the winter break. Um, I was still under contract with Portland. Uh, everything was going great, and. Um, and then, like, the last day of the transfer window, they're like, hey, we want you. And I'm like, okay, uh, like, for a loan or how is this going to work? And uh, they were like, no, they want to buy you. And, um, and yeah, they want to they wanna fly you over tonight or tomorrow or whatever. And I was like, holy, yeah. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I had a talk with, uh, with Caleb, Caleb Porter at the time. I don't think he was very happy about it. Because mm-hmm. uh, it seemed like, you know, he was kept in the dark when there was nothing, you know, to really talk about before that. It was really that day. Everything was just kind of crazy. That's when they, they were really, you know, making an offer and saying, hey, we want to bring you over. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just decided that day, yeah, I'll try. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I had to, you know, because... Absolutely. I feel like once once you're in Europe, you know, everything's just there's there's always going to be opportunities at, at that age. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't really matter to me that um, the club I was going to was not as big of a club as Portland. Mm-hmm. You know, they played in a very good league in the Danish Superliga, and they, um, you know, they have history. Every, every basically every club in in in, in Europe has history. You know, yep. so. So, you know, and there's, there was more of a, like, more of a level of competition. It, was, it wasn't like, I wasn't competing against a 30-year-old Colombian star, mm-hmm. um, you know. I was competing as guys my age and guys, local guys, you know. And yeah. So, I think that was, uh, that was, um, that was okay. I think that was, uh, it wasn't easy, but it was okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like you said, I mean, uh, sometimes, you know, with football, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. There's so much, um, you know, time where you got to have patience. But then, 
you know, things happen in an instant, like you said, in one day, right. you know, they're ready to fly you over already. So, right. I mean, right. in that instance, obviously the patience is uh key. Yeah, it is. It is, but it's tricky because we always talk about patience and this and that, but you mm-hmm. know, this doesn't last forever. Yep. You know, it's uh it's a real grind of just, just staying fit is a grind. Yeah. You know oh I mean? yeah. bro. Yeah. Just, just that, just staying fit, being ready is like, it's a, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of, uh, dedication. Cause you're not even sure if you're going to be doing what you want to do. You're really just making yourself available. If, if anything comes up. Yeah. Know? No, that's, that's a great point. I mean, like you said, uh, you know, this career isn't isn't uh forever it's not long lasting so like you said i mean uh kind of what you're referring to is you know uh if i if i read you right you know if once you get a good opportunity take it right just take it yeah and and yeah and like i said it was everything was going well in portland it was just i felt like i was too far mm-hmm. um i was too far from from my my personal my individual goals Absolutely. And sometimes you just got to go with your gut, what right. you feel. Right. So how, so, um, uh, how'd those, um, how'd that first year in Denmark go? And then, um, obviously you had, you had, I saw, you know, a couple of years of success and you made that jump over to Israel. Right. Um, well, you know, it was, um, it's always ups and downs. It's, uh, oh, absolutely. It's, um, it was, it started off, well, I just, first of all, they're very, um, they're very smart people and very Mm -hmm. calm and very, they're not really, they're not really like us. They're not really about (laughs) the, yeah. So when you come in and they bring you in to do a job and you're there because they couldn't get, you know, your, your type of skill set you know, locally, they couldn't find yep. it. So they bring you in. So they expect a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. And, um, but with, with football, it's not just football, you know, for you yep. to play good football, you have to feel good. You have to Absolutely. connect with your, connect with people, connect with your teammates. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a flowing game. You know what, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not Absolutely, like, you, can, uh, you don't, you don't just make plays and then stop and then make plays. It's like, you have to be on a level of understanding of your teammates. That's uh, that's uh, that's pretty uh, pretty interesting. So you have to understand them culturally. You have to understand them. You have to understand how they play. You have to understand how they think. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. you might think different, but you at you know at the end of the day, you got to be on the same page as them because they're not gonna they're not gonna adapt to you. Yes, exactly. You know, so you're in their was, country, uh, so you gotta adapt to them. Absolutely, and that was that was the tough part for me because I mm-hmm. felt like I, I came in, I was stronger, faster, yep. tougher, but but at the same time, it, it just what you know that that's why they brought me in. But that's not like that wasn't my way of of really really proving myself to them. Mm-hmm. Like that was absolutely no, I, like I completely you agree. know. Uh, for me to prove myself to them, they were actually expecting me to, to like break that social, um, yeah. ba- you know, barrier, language barrier. Like they weren't gonna make any efforts. You know, they they expect all that, you know, mm-hmm. of you. And you know, 
into the second year I started to accept that and I just and I just did it. I had no choice, you know. Absolutely. And um and I think the most uh what was the most important and uh life saving for me was my perspective on things. You know, it wasn't you know, you go in to do a job and you go in for, for success and you know, to work but you have to understand that you're you're living like life is going on, you know, you can't exactly just, you can't forget to have fun and enjoy what you're doing. And, That's a great point. And make, you know, make everything as positive as possible. Because at the end of the day, I was in Denmark at 23 mm-hmm. or 22 or 23 years old um, by myself. I mean, I had, I could do anything. I could literally do anything I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was doing, you know, I was, I was, I was literally doing my dream job. I was playing football. I was professionally in the in the top league. I mean, I was, but I was complaining too much, I think, at first. I thought things weren't going my way and I needed mm-hmm. certain things done and I forgot to, to live, just just enjoy what I was, uh, what I was doing. Absolutely. No, and I think a huge part of that is like looking back right now at uh, like what, how you're doing it and, and just, you know, not doing the same things over and over again. And right. I think that's just a huge part of this game. Just, um, you just learn, you learn those aspects. And just like you said, you know, you got to have fun off the field to have fun on the field. Like you said, right. you can't just go in and do the job every day and, and, um, and then, you know, not have fun off the field. Like you said, it's a flow. Right. 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 So, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. Over here, I I didn't. Uh, I came in and I immediately tried to jump in, like with the guys, and mm-hmm. you know, learn a learn a few words at first, and you know, make fun with them, and whatever, whatever it took for them to know I was cool. Like I wasn't here to like judge them or or stay in my own corner, and you know. Mm-hmm kind of participated in in everything not everything but you know things that I knew I could you know benefit from yeah no I mean I think uh that's a great point just like you said you know you can't come in and just um you know even if you are better technically and physically uh, like you said even if you prove yourself on the field every day I think even more important is just that that team camaraderie and like you said uh integrating in with the guys and like you said trying to be part of their culture because once they accept you like that then you'll right. be playing better on the field you know you'll get the ball exactly. in places uh, and like you said you'll you'll have that kind of connection uh you know first with communication but then obviously over time without even speaking you start to get that connection exactly so Exactly. Yeah, I was actually just talking with a buddy the other day who plays in Germany and uh mm-hmm. you know, he was he was saying like the same exact thing, like, you know, he was in, in the locker room and um you know, he was more professional in ways like taking care of his body before and after training, but he never really right. integrated with the guys and um right. you know, the coach said to him, uh, you know, something like along the lines of, you know, you think you're a star or something like that and um when not at all yeah exactly and it's just he's trying to be professional but he's not really communicating with the guys um right and i guess like in in certain cultures like they you know they don't see that as respectful 
Yeah, they don't. They really don't. They think you think you're better than them, and they they really don't like that. Exactly. Especially in Europe, and then they have this. Um, we 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 have more of a we have the the hero culture. Yeah. Like we have the the like the lone the loner guy, like the guy who's stronger and just smarter yeah. and and works harder and gets things done. And they they do things together. Exactly. All the time. It's a great point. You know, they fight together. They they do everything together. Yeah. Um, a lot of these countries are very um, are very socialist. They're very uh, they even you know the respect we have for our president. I mean, you know, yeah, just yeah. The, the the respect we have for for our president or military or you know anything. Uh, that mm-hmm. has to do with uh, with the nation's name. Mm-hmm. They they don't think that way. They just think in groups. And if you're associated with a group, then you do whatever's best for the group, and you participate. And you you don't look out for yourself. Basically, yeah. You you just have to buy into what they're doing. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. And that's kind of hard to understand because then we play soccer, and it's basically. Ugh, you know, you're gonna, you're the only one living your career, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't always do things for others. You yeah. know, it's not at a professional level, you have to make decisions for yourself, you have to, your performances are on you and only you. And no one else gets blamed but you if you don't perform, mm-hmm. perform, right. So it's, it was hard for me to buy into that. If It was hard for me to accept that they needed me to show them that I was trying to integrate myself more when to me all I owed to myself was was my work and and yeah basically just just my mentality it was just the only thing I owed to the team was was dedication to to basically be the best player I can be mm-hmm. exactly. you know I didn't I didn't think I owed them to to socialize and, and make friends and and you know and connect with them other than on the pitch and i was i think i was yeah for sure and it kind of becomes that um that aspect of like you know you just have to play your role play your role in the right. team and like you said right. you don't exactly. have to be that hero exactly you know just exactly. do the things that the team you know expects you to do to help them succeed right. Right, exactly. And not yourself as an individual. And yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, I think in America, we have more of that individualist culture, which has its pros and cons, obviously, you know. Um, Right, right. But uh, in a team game like football, um, I think that could be a big part of the reason, obviously, why um, these European teams, besides other factors, especially Germany, you know, um, why they're so so successful or obviously not at the last world cup but uh in the past yeah, years yeah, but, because you right, know, like right. you said like we both say you know everyone plays their role you look at a guy like thomas Mueller, individually right. he's not you know the, the best player yeah. ever but he he knows yeah. where to be he's in the right places at the right time uh right. and they're all just tactically br- brilliant and they work as a coherent unit exactly and that's what, and I got used to that, you know, I got, Mark, and I got used to being 
to having a role and I did it so well and everyone played their role so well and we and I could see it after a while I could see that man like we could we could easily take on an MLS team mm. that that you know that has these like I said big stars and where the pace of the game is so so intense but we will just connect because because actually football what what's interesting is football is a very intellectual game mm-hmm. you know it's about connecting 11 brains on the field that that can shut down an opponent and also score goals and it's a chess game yeah yeah you know for 90 minutes you have to be you have to be alert you have to be connecting with your teammates you have to be doing your job you have to be helping your teammates do their jobs it's not so much about you just being a superstar. There's very few of those players in the world, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and in Denmark, that worked so well. Denmark, Germany, you know, all of Scandinavia and, and all the Germanic countries, that's how they play. Yeah. You know, um, Italy, that's also kind of their culture defensively. Um, Spain, technically. Um, France, they just have amazing talent. Mm-hmm. Um and then I came here where they have very, very technical players, but they don't have that um that tactical that tactical schooling of the Germanic football. Yeah. Where where kids just where in, 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 in Germany or or Denmark, for instance, kids can get away with not not being the best skillful or uh, athletic players. They can get away with just their brain. Yeah. They can play oh, at yeah. a professional level with just just their brains. Like I've seen players, they they could not even they could not compete with college athletes on a physical level. Mm-hmm. Like, but but with their brain, they would have no problem. Oh, absolutely. They'll just outclass you know, you know outclass the guys uh, just because of their game game awareness and just IQ. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that was uh, that was very good for me because I didn't have to rely on on uh on my physicality so much mm-hmm. um i just had to be when i was playing in the middle i just had to be very simple very clean and i had to think a lot you know because when you think a lot you just you're 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 usually a step ahead absolutely so if you then have natural skill if you're strong or if you're fast then you're really winning all the time because mm-hmm. if i'm always in the right spot I'm always winning the jewels. Absolutely. You know, uh, because I know that I'm stronger than 80% of my opponents. But if I'm not in the right spot, you know, I, I might lose all of them too. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great you know. point. And like you said, uh, you know, if you are thinking a lot and you're mentally ahead and you also have that physical ability, you know, you, you mm-hmm. can stand out in those ways. And like you said, you'll be winning the majority of your duels. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think the 11 v 11 game comes down to the one v one battles, the one v one duels. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much space, you know, on the field that you, you actually have to be intelligent to, to get into those one v one battles, first of all, and to win them, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't just win them because you're skillful. Mm -hmm. You actually have to anticipate them. You have to read them constantly um you have to sometimes your 1v1 um only occurs because 
another 1v1 just happened. You have to read that 1v1 and see what's going to happen next. You have to I think um I think I've really I've really started to see the game a different way ever since I played there. Mm-hmm. Um because like I said I've seen so many players and I was like seriously like you know how are these guys playing at this level and then I understood these guys are just very intelligent. Yeah, like you see even and some they... overweight guys, you know, they they'd uh <laughs> You know, they'd get killed in fitness tests, but when they get on the pitch, right. you know, they could ball these guys. Right, right, right. Well, that's rare in Scandinavia because they do. Yeah, run a of lot. course. Yeah. But, but I see what you're saying. And, and usually the guys there have, they have like one set of skill. Mm-hmm. Like we, we had a winger. He could literally only run uh, either inside, forward, and cross. Mm hmm. That was that was all, but he was the best player on our team for some time. Yeah, yeah, and that's all he could do. Yeah, sprint forward, come inside with the ball, or cross. Yeah, no, that's it's... all he could do. Yeah, no left foot, none of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything was on his right foot. Yeah, I mean, I always have this conversation with friends as well about football, even on the podcast. It's like I always, um, you always talk about, it, especially when you're at the pro game. It's like, uh-huh. it's, I think the most important part, like we had spoken earlier, is playing your role and being very good at a couple things instead of being right. okay at everything. Like the specialist right. versus the generalist type of thing. Right, 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 right. And you just pointed it out right, right there. You know, this guy, he, he plays his role. Um, right. And, but, you know, if he's getting assists and uh, getting on the board, you know, everyone's going to look at this guy like he's, you know, a superstar, but like you said, he's got no left foot. But um, yeah, that, no. that's why it's interesting. And he doesn't even—he doesn't even have such a you know a bright you know um, understanding of the game. He's—he's he's a very simple guy, but he knows exactly his role mm-hmm. in you know in the whole scheme of things. So I, that's, I think it was really interesting. And coaches know that too. Mm-hmm. And coaches know exactly. Who is who as a player? Yep. You know, they obviously make mistakes still, but they they have a better understanding of how to to put these guys into specific roles, you know, on the on the field. I remember when we I played in college, for example, we just had a bunch of good players. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we had our roles on the team, but we were just almost too good and we didn't <laughs> win anything. Yeah. You know, because Teams like uh, I remember teams like Georgetown were amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have they don't have any professional soccer players right now. I don't think, mm. but they were so intelligent. They were so they were they probably understood that they weren't individually as skillful as us or as stronger as, but they a lot of times they they outplayed us in games. Mm-hmm. You know, teams like um, teams like Akron were also good teams. UCLA was one of those teams. They just, I don't think they were very good. You know, they had a, they had a few good players, but they were kind of like us. We just, we just had more of them. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas some teams, I even see some young teams in Denmark and Germany, and you know, those guys just, they really impressed me. Yeah, really. absolutely, man. They're, they're... So getting into that, I mean, um, what would you say, you know, besides, like you had said, your physical abilities, what would you say, um, you know, your strengths overall are as a player? I think um, overall I'm, I'm really a, a, 
a, a defensive midfielder or a central midfielder because I don't um, – I'm not so fast. I can be fast. Um, I think I'm very uh, – I'm very strong in jewels mm-hmm. uh, just because of my ability of anticipating um, – like the flow of the game and the, the, the it's easy for me to break um to break attacks because uh I read them. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily mark one player or I try to read them. And even when we're building the game, I try not to get involved too much. I try to to be um I try to basically be the player that gives space mm-hmm. to players that are more creative than me. Mm-hmm. You know, so in the middle, it gets crowded a lot of times and players want the ball and want to do stuff. And it's really not uh, it's really not the way to get forward. The way to get forward to me is is breaking lines. Yep. So how do you break lines? You get players out of those lines. Exactly. Or you you get them to move. And basically, to me, in, in modern football, the center backs make a lot of the a lot of the key passes in starting attacks. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, as a center midfielder, you're basically just supporting the attack once it's in front of you. Exactly. Great. Yeah, yeah, Basically, you know, connect, connecting the dots. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've, I've learned that, too. I've learned that I'm not, so, uh, I'm not so quick, so I don't want to get on the ball and get bad touches and lose, them, lose the ball in bad spots. So I, what I do is I try to drag the, the other midfielders and op- make them open up mm-hmm. and – and have our wingers and and maybe not our striker, but at least our wingers and number eights and number tens get the ball so they can bounce it off me, and then mm-hmm. we can, you know, then I can support them in the attack. Absolutely. Um, so basically, I think my my strength is is reading the game. Mm-hmm. I I'm all constantly reading the games, the game, and I'm constantly trying to play off others. Yeah. You know. I'm not very creative. I'm not very fast or quick. I'm strong. I can I can beat one or two guys on a dribble, but that's not something I'll do for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you that's uh, that's huge. And obviously, a lot of young guys who listen to the podcast, they always hear, you know, reading the game and things like that. How would you, um, you know, describe to them what you mean by reading the game? Like, um if you were it's to, basically, in simple, in simple terms, what are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the attack, you're trying to score. Um, in uh, in rest defense or in 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 uh, in defense period, you're trying to defend. You're trying to mm-hmm. prevent the other team from scoring. Mm-hmm. And because the game lasts ninety minutes, it's not like football American football I mean that you make a play and it stops and you think about another play and you have to be constantly thinking and adapting to the situation so first of all I think you have to watch a lot of games Mm -hmm. great point Uh, whether it's your your own games professional games at the highest level medium level games whatever you have to watch watch a lot of football and see what the patterns are because there are patterns just like anything you know and see by you by knowing those patterns or knowing a lot of them your 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 ability to anticipate plays you know becomes better mm-hmm. obviously because a lot of those patterns are in your mind they're in your brain so you're going to be able to 
anticipate things. That's just when you're going to be reading what's happening, you know? Absolutely. So when there's a, if you're, I don't know, if you're, if you're a defensive midfielder, it's a bit more, there's a bit more going on because you're, you're in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, any position, you're going to be able to read when the game's getting away from you, when the game's coming to you, when you need to rest, when you need to, you know, where you need to, you know, guide the opponent, what you need to do for 90 minutes, basically. It never stops. I mean, it does stop, you know, but it you never stop thinking. Absolutely. Even in a, on a throw-in, you have to be thinking. Like, if there's a throw-in, how can I make sure that the, the – the best option my opponent has is the most difficult one for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and by it being the most difficult difficult one for him, I might get a mistake or two out of him, and I'll be able to maybe counter him or, yep. you know, create more one more play offensive play for for my team. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, like you said, just just thinking those steps ahead and obviously that great point of um, watching games and seeing the pattern um, of play, especially from what position you play, the standpoint of, you know, for example, if you're playing center mid where, where he's, where the guy on the TV is moving in relation to where the ball is on the pitch uh, in Mm -hmm. defense or an offense Um, and like you said, you know, when the more you see it, um, the greater ability you'll have to pull it off on the field. And, you know, even when it occurs in person and on the field, you'll say, you know, I've already rehearsed this. I've seen this. Right. And like you said, those patterns really start to help you. Yeah, they really do. But yeah, um... man. um, Sorry, what were you going to say? I mean, yeah, like you said, when you when you're when I was watching games, I would watch the the defensive midfielder only. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would I would I would miss some some things in the game, but you know, I would I would watch him only him, like whether he had the ball or not. I would watch, you know, because a lot of times at, at the highest level, they're they're they make very few mistakes, so they're actually always doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it seems like they're not doing anything, they're actually, they're actually doing some. They're actually thinking. They're actually doing some stuff that you know it's kind of second nature for them. But you, they practice that at some point. Absolutely, the common you saying know? of you know they make it look so easy. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we have to understand they're always doing something. Yeah, yeah, and like like we said, you know. Um, like you just have to be so focused throughout the 90 minutes because if you switch off for one second, that right. could result in a goal. Right. No, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I just think focus and concentration is just huge, especially at the next level. Absolutely. But, yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, if you could just uh, describe, you know, a kind of typical day in your life, um, you know, just in general, when you wake up and uh, when you have training, uh, what you mm. do before training, when you eat, things like that, just to give a behind the scenes to younger guys who haven't seen the professional lifestyle. Um, it's pretty basic. I mean, it becomes uh, becomes routine. You know, you just yeah. you get up. Um, 
just like uh, college. I don't know. Uh, you get up, you get some food, um, get ready, wake yourself up. I always get a cup of coffee. Um, yeah, get ready for. I I live in a very warm country now, so I don't have mm-hmm. to do as much before training. You know, I just basically um, roll and get my muscles ready and loosened up. But um, but it's much better here than in Scandinavia. In Scandinavia, yeah. I had to do a whole routine of warming up. You know, loosening up. Um, it was I was I was basically warming up before the warm up. Yeah. You know. On the, I was warming up for like an hour because yeah. I actually got in, injured one time because I wasn't I wasn't warm. We mm-hmm. went out on a on an ice field and I I slipped and my muscles just weren't ready to to take a fall and then my ligaments took the the, wow. the strain. Yeah. So in my knee, whereas if I was warm, my my thighs would have probably you know taken that that. Um, that stretch and uh and I wouldn't have been injured mm-hmm. you know it was just a freak accident so yeah but yeah it's very important always get your body ready you know even if it's the simplest training um you always want to be able to execute um your movements and uh get through training um training to me is like games just focus do everything right because if because if you if you take trainings off, you know you mm-hmm. might find yourself taking moments off in the game, and that's just bad. Great point. You know, um, training is a great practice for for games. Um, it's not the same intensity, obviously, but it, it's a good way to train your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, then, um, then yeah, then I you know I just uh, I just take it easy. I mean, a lot of times I have gym in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I have lunch in between and, uh, and then I try to find some sleep. I need, you know, you need to sleep, you need to rest, um, do some fun stuff too. Like don't isolate yourself. Don't think, uh, don't think that, um, the football eating and sleeping are all there is to life because, um, you're going to get depressed pretty fast. Yeah. Um, it's a great you need point. to meet people. You need to. You need to do stuff. Even just going for a walk, like going out and having a drink is not bad. Like talk mm-hmm. to people. Go home. You have to go home and feel tired. Mm-hmm. If you go home and you don't feel tired, you're going to be bored. It's going to be hard and harder and harder to get sleep. Um, it's very easy to fall into that negative, you know, um, spiral of just, I don't know, keeping to yourself and just mm-hmm. focusing on football and football is so up and down that a lot of times there's downs and you yeah. focus on those downs and you're never going to come out of them. Yeah. You know, like you, you said, gotta, you become isolated. Right. It's very tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to live. And when, but when you're on the pitch and when you're in the gym, you got to do everything right. Just yeah. do everything right. Do go for the extra mile. And that's what pays off. But on your time, you have to you have to feed your brain. You have to be healthy up there because mm-hmm. that's Great what point. that's what makes it all work. For sure, bro. For sure. Um. So, so when uh when do you typically have training? I typically have training in the mornings. It depends here because it's so hot. Um, <laughs> we'll have training in the evening sometimes because mm-hmm. it's too hot. Okay. Um. But everywhere I've played, it was it's been in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
So what do you usually have for breakfast before training? I don't like to eat much before training. I'll have um, what's the thing called? Um, uh, chia seeds. Okay. Yeah, I'll have a, a chia pudding. That's my new thing. Yeah. Uh, or uh, oatmeal in very small quantities. Mm-hmm. Fruit, fruit, um, fruit, uh, fruit juice, and uh, coffee. Yeah. And some water, of course. Mm-hmm. Um. For lunch, I, I go all in. Whatever's yeah. uh, available. <laughs> what What yeah, are you after, usually having? Uh, anything, man. Anything that's uh, in Denmark. Um, we ate a lot of uh, a lot of carbs and a lot of fish and a lot of. Uh, it was pretty healthy food. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, in the Middle East, you'll have a lot of uh, you know Middle Eastern food. Yeah. Um, the food out there but, is unbelievable. Um, it's amazing yeah you'll it's never i've I never amazing. had a bad meal i was there for like two no weeks. <laughs> exactly me neither man yeah. i've been you know i started off and you know what when you first when you first come here on your own like you'll try out things that you think are yeah. good but they're just the things that are available like you don't even know of the best you know better yeah. places yet exactly i'm telling you i mean here it's it's really really nice it's really yeah. nice and I notice, I mean, after eating that food, like, you know, obviously I'm always eating clean and things like that, looking out for myself. Right. But, you know, sometimes I get bloated, you know, even if I'm eating clean. Uh, right. But out there, man, like, I don't think I got bloated one meal. And I, I think it just tracks back to how well they grow the food. They don't put a lot of chemicals and bull crap that we do over here in the U.S. Absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of things are super natural. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I'm actually afraid of coming back to the U.S. is the food. Mm-hmm. I, I living in Denmark and in, uh, and in Israel um, and some parts of France, I realized, man, we don't eat very well, man. I mean, uh-huh. we, it actually takes effort to eat well. We have to yeah. find the better, you know, the better stores and the better, um, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I didn't think it was that bad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, you're right. You know, eating here, it's it just everything feels very fresh and and um and natural. That's how yeah, it should be. But. Exactly. And now, even if you're eating out here, you know, in um in healthy spots like you would say Whole Foods or places like that, you mm-hmm. know, you, I, I've come to realize that you know they still put a lot of crap, a lot of fillers to make things cheaper in the food. And, um, you know, I've been speaking to a lot of people like some food gets sent over to China and then redistributed back to the U.S. And um, I don't know, meats, uh, you know, there's a lot of antibiotics in the meats. So you have to always make sure you're eating organic. Um, Where obviously, you know, I I had lived in Sweden and Germany and food was clean. And then especially when I went over to Israel for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh man, it was like wow. This this you know, you always think you're eating clean in the U.S., but you never know what they put in sometimes. Right. So it's definitely interesting. Right, right, right. But um, right, right, right. so you said you you go to the gym as well. How often uh, you do that per week? Is that by yourself <laughs> um, or is that with the team? I haven't gone as much the last um half year just because uh. In Denmark, I used to, uh, I used to go like uh, 
three three times a week um mm-hmm. twice with the team one session was recovery it was like uh lightweights and recovery one other session was uh was heavier uh every other week we'll, we we would uh alternate upper um upper body focus or lower body or you know it was pretty it was pretty well designed our our gym sessions were were well done um um they were done by um Casper Ulrichson, he was our uh, he was our a strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. Um, great guy. He he had a lot of uh, he had a lot of uh, personal you know relationships with the players. So he he was really into giving them exactly what they needed individually, collectively. Um, we were a very strong team. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, now I I go on my own. Um, I go on my own because first of all, the club I play for just is a newly promoted, um, you know, club. It's not a club that is very established in the first, uh, in the top flight, although they had a great season this season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a club that still has some, uh, some work to do in, in terms of, uh, you know, infrastructure for the players and the equipment and, so I would uh, I would go on my own. I have I have a gym in the I have a, I have a gym in the building where I live. Um, so I'd go there like once or twice a week. Um, just do some light stuff, really. I like I said, I'm pretty. I'm naturally pretty strong. Um, mm-hmm. And here the game is uh, is very uh, technical. You know, mm-hmm. it's not uh, with the amount of work I I've done for years. Uh, whether it was in America or in uh, Scandinavia, I came in with a uh, with a pretty good uh, with a pretty 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 good advantage in terms mm-hmm. of uh, fitness mm-hmm. and strength. I never stopped, you know, working on it, obviously, but I haven't I haven't done as much the past six months. I'd say. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so in terms of your, your training sessions, how would you differ the sessions in Denmark from Israel, you know, in terms of what you're incorporating? Are they similar or? The training sessions in Denmark were a thousand percent more intense. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, why? Because of the mentality, first yep. of all. Um, because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, also because of the ambition of the players. Yeah. I think uh, the quality was about the same. Um although um although the the demands were higher um in Denmark the quality was the same. Mm-hmm. So basically what it means is that here the guys they don't want to be pushed too much but they're good players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they um there's areas where they don't want to be pushed at all. Like here, we we ran twice maybe in the past six months. We <laughs> we we yeah. In Denmark, it was twice a week. Yeah, you know, once really hard and once just to to for maintenance. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was normal. Um, here we ran twice, and it wow. was with the ball, and yeah. they were they were and they didn't like it. Yeah, they were complaining. You know? Right, and I was laughing. <laughs> I was like, you guys have no idea. Yeah. Like, you go play in Germany or... or, oh, or yeah. you. <laughs> oh, man. You guys have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I remember but, I was yeah. over in Sweden and, you know, the guys would always joke around, you know, because we did so much running that it was like, yeah, we're, you know, you, you don't even play football here. You just run. It's like track, you know, and then you go over there and uh, these guys complain about that. Yeah, it's uh... a, <laughs> yeah, 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 but, um. But yeah, but you know what? What really confuses me though is I don't remember. I mean, I remember in college running. I remember uh-huh. that. I remember we would run in college for, yeah. for real, for real. But I don't remember running in Portland, for instance. Wow. You know the the running I did was for maintenance, and it was on a treadmill. And the but the game was so intense. Like the MLS yeah. games are really intense, and the trainings are pretty intense too. Yeah, you know, so I but I don't remember running, and that was also thanks to Caleb because Caleb wasn't really about that. Mm-hmm. I'm you sure know, he every, plugs that stuff in the training. Exactly, everything yeah. he did was with the ball. Was he plugged it in like you said in training with um with uh, with short but intense you know games and you know he was uh, he was really really good. He was definitely one of the best coaches I've had. You know Baptiste, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's my boy. <laughs> Class, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But um yeah, so in terms of nutrition, um, you know, like you said, you get the goods and you get the good stuff. Do you do you um what's your overall approach to, to eating and and nutrition? My overall approach is don't think too hard about it. I mean, I feel like nutrition it, for us for like Americans it's a problem because we're not I don't feel like we're raised right, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you know, I've I lived in Europe at a young age, and I lived with my mom, and I, I they eat normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like just get some fruits and vegetables, and yeah, and they love meat, but it's not as much of a problem for them as it is for us. Like you yeah. know, we, I don't know what our problem is really. Yeah, I, don't get I mean, it. a lot of the, packaged crap and. I think it right. all goes back to, to you know, also that that um, the fact of, you know, we're, we're trying to get meals in quickly, a lot of fast food. I think Europeans, I'm sure you notice absolutely that when they're sitting down at a meal, you know, mo- mostly all distractions are, are gone. You know, the phones are down. Yeah. You're yeah, sitting, yeah. you're having a conversation with your friend, with a girl, whatever you're doing. You're not checking your phone and and uh, distracting yourself, and I think that could be a big part of part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That 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 could be. Um, I'd say when I eat here, for example, mm. or when I was eating Denmark or in France. First of all, my fruits and vegetables are they look so fresh. Yeah, yeah. You know, they like they they don't look extra big and. Yeah. They don't look – they look fresh and crisp. And mm-hmm. um, and I get my fruits and vegetables from the local market here, literally yeah. from guys on the street, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, um, I um, I will then uh, have either some rice and or pasta or potatoes or anything, even fries. Like, I don't really limit myself as to what I – you know, I don't restrict myself as to what I eat. I just eat it in reasonable amounts and – with reason with good ingredients absolutely you know you can eat fries you mm-hmm. know it's not a problem if you have good potatoes and good vegetable oil and you don't eat too much of it 
Absolutely. Um, and then you have a salad next to it or whatever. Have some mm-hmm. greens. And I'm not sure I understand. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, meats. I tried to cut meats for a while because red meats, I mean, because mm-hmm. um, they were so expensive in Denmark. Yeah. Um, like a, a steak dinner would be like $100 each, you know, per person. Really? Yeah, wow. that's not a good habit to to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Once in a while. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not a that's not great. But well, you got uh, a so good I, date, you know. Right, exactly. So I just stopped with that. I was like, I, we don't need red meat anyway. Yeah. Um so I was eating uh chicken, uh, salmon, a lot of salmon. Yeah. Uh, a lot of other fish and uh yeah, my vegetables, my carbs. Um yeah, I never really restricted myself, man. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. and yeah, I think another point we could look back is like you said, you know, you could eat the front. Look at like, you know, these European countries. I think they eat everything in moderation. You know, so for example, yeah. if they're having a piece of cake um, or fries, it's not a huge cake or a huge bucket right. of fries. Right. You know, it's a, it's a it's a decent portion, you know, and like you said, they they get everything else in, you know, they get all the other exactly. goods, the veggies and the fruits and the good lean proteins. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I don't know. We we just we just we're always extra. Yeah, you know? absolutely, bro. Absolutely. We're 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 really extra, and you know, not even in the south. You know, I think they're even worse. Like. Oh, I would, yeah. I would like take notes. Like I would go play. Like I lived on the East Coast. Obviously, I'm from Maryland. I lived in Connecticut. Um, um, I have a lot of people in Jersey, New York area. It's not even as bad there. Oh yeah, you know, because no people are fast paced. Um, people, people are busy. Um, you know, people um, worry a bit more how they look. I think. Right, people, yeah. and there's a direct, um, you know, there's a direct kind of European influence on them. Absolutely. You know, whereas you go down south, and oh, it's yeah. just, it's just plantation mentality, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. Like, you like, it's like, it's crazy down there. Bro. Oh yeah. You know, um, but they're very good people. I must say, mm-hmm. you go oh, uh, so friendly. Yeah, they are, and you go out west. And they're um, they're different. They're a bit more chill. Uh, they're a bit they're a bit more about their looks too. But they're a yeah. bit more into doing whatever they want. Like they don't really care what people think. And yeah, you know, or they don't want to care. And then you go to Hawaii, and it's back to they don't care at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That must have wanna, been a great experience out there. Yeah, they just want to be happy and left alone. For sure. Um. But yeah, if we get into the recovery aspect um, in terms of sleep and and things like that, uh, how do you view sleep? You think it uh, impacts your performance? Sleep is probably the most important uh, in terms of recovery. It's uh, I've 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 noticed it because for for some time I had trouble sleeping. I was lonely. I was. uh, Mm And I was into watching Netflix and whatnot. I was, I was bored because I wasn't living. Mm-hmm, uh, absolutely. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get tired on time, and then I'd be up doing nothing, and I could feel it. You know, you, yeah. you breathe different. You, 
you move different. Your reaction time is probably half. Mm-hmm. Um, you're uh, you're you're just not as performant. Period. You yep. can get away with it for a week at training, but mm-hmm. it'll it'll catch up, and it's not good for you at all. Sleep is like a weapon. Like the oh yeah. I'm not saying you gotta sleep all day, but you gotta get the right amount of sleep. You gotta, you gotta really feel like you've recharged. You like re-energized your body. Like you have to, you have to, you have to take that as yeah, the most important source of of not fuel, but of like uh, sleep. It was it allows your brain and your muscles to to recover. So that's basically all you need to play is your brain and muscles. Yeah, absolutely. That's what plays the game for you. So if you don't take care of that, you're you're not gonna play well. No, absolutely. And as I get older, I feel it even more. Like if I don't get a good night's sleep, I I can tell I don't want to be into training. Yeah, yeah. Twenty minutes in. Yeah, twenty minutes in, I'm breathing loud. I'm tired. I'm done. Yeah, I can't focus. So absolutely. So what sleep? um, Besides sleep, what other you know recovery methods are you, are you into? Any anything specific? Or I know you mentioned um, rolling. Yeah, I mean rolling. Um, gym is very important. Like the the more you um, you exercise your muscles and you maintain that uh, range of motion and work on the right things, mm-hmm. um, the better your muscles function. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, if after games or after training you just crash on the on the couch and do nothing, it's not so good for you. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Got to wind down and recover. Exactly. Recover. Keep the range of motion. The range of motion to me is the most important because with that you have less work to do when it comes to rolling and stretching and you know because your 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 body knows how to move. You know your Mm -hmm. body. All you need to do is warm up and cool down, basically. Always stretch, but um takes less work. Um, no, absolutely. Overall. Um, other than that, um, you know, some people are into recovery drinks and uh uh shakes and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've done that too. It helps, it really helps. It it saves you time. I mean, it buys you time. It doesn't save you time. It buys you time mm-hmm. because you still got to eat a proper meal. Absolutely. But that buys you time, like right after training, to to feed your uh, feed your muscles and your brain, and then get to your meal and and um, yeah. I mean, uh, that's about it. Sleep, eat, eat well, um, and do exercise. Do other things. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what you do. Uh, study, uh, go for walks, hikes, mm-hmm. um, go for drives. I mean, go go camping. You have to do things that feed feed your brain and 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 get you out the house. So when you get in yeah. bed, you're actually ready to close your shut your eyes and sleep. Yeah, you know? and get your mind off footy sometimes. Right, sometimes all the time. Yeah, you yeah. Know? All the time, because it's never good to always be in it. Because whether you're, whether you're in a high or or a low moment, like when you're in the low, it's easy to get depressed, mm-hmm. and when you're in the high, it's easy to lose focus. Absolutely. You know? So, so just yeah, get your mind off it. 
Um, I always say, you know, don't get too high on the highs. Don't get too low on the lows. Try to stick in that right. middle ground, which it's obviously right, right. easier said than done. Absolutely. It's easier said than done. And it's, it's actually impossible to actually do because you're actually thinking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, what you need to do is just live. You won't have to think about it. When you're, in, when you're in training or in the game or preparing for training or in the gym, give it a thousand percent, hundred percent. Yes, great but point. once you've done your work, you can only do your best. Like you, can't, you can't do more than your best. You have to accept that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, to accept, you have to accept that it's, it's possible to overdo things. It's possible to overexert. It's, all, it's possible to exhaust yourself. So don't go mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Do your best prepare yourself the best you can do the best work you can and get out of there absolutely yeah yeah no it's a great point um yeah just coming to last bits i know it's getting late over there um i always like asking this this question to guests uh especially successful you know Mm. top players like yourself is um you know were there any times, any points in your life you thought about giving up the game, hanging up the boots? Um, and then if so, you know, what kept you going? What made you stray away from that? Because, you know, I've spoken to a lot of guys. Everyone thinks about it, but it's, you know, you don't have to focus on it. You know, like, like right. we talk about the ups and downs. Right. It's very um, – it's uh, it's tricky, man. It's uh, It's very individual what you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, things can happen in your family or personally that make you want to, that make you really, that put you in a place where you, you, you can use, uh, football as an escape, uh, you can use it as, uh, as motivation, you can use it, or you can give up on it because you're tired and you, you just don't want to deal with anything or, so mm-hmm. it's very, I've never really thought of giving up. It was never an option for me because the way um, what the game has done for me was basically um, get me here, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not like it's my entire life. Like I have family and I have friends and I have, but, you know, the game has, I've always, I've always been happy playing. That's great. You know, so I've I've thought about I've thought about maybe I don't know switching teams or I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to explain. I, I feel like I feel like it's like anything you love, you never really want to give up on it. Absolutely, um, unless it it really doesn't make sense anymore. And I've been fortunate enough that you know I've played in in good teams and good leagues. And so I've been able to, to, to live, you know, um, off football and I've been able to, to only focus on that as a job. Um, yeah, like I said, it's individual. Like I've seen players that, that are more talented than me, um, not have the same opportunities as I, I did, you know? Mm-hmm. So they still had to, and maybe they got a kid early, and they they had to feed the kid, you know. So they had to do other things, and they couldn't play at the same level anymore. They couldn't find, you know, as much time to 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 train unless they had a partner that helped them. 
with that, mm-hmm. which I've also seen happen. Yeah. You know, so I think it's very individual uh, what Absolutely. you feel throughout your, your career. And it, it never really ends until until you say so. Absolutely. There's always there's always opportunity. Exactly. So yeah, I mean for me, you know, I've never really thought of, of of quitting. I've I've threatened like myself or my agent of quitting because I was mm-hmm. I was uh I was upset with a with a particular situation, but but I've never really actually thought of thought about that. Absolutely. All right. Um Two more questions. Um, so if you could go back to yourself at any age you wanted to uh, mm-hmm. and give yourself a little bit of wisdom that you have now, um, right. what age would you pick and what would you say to yourself? Uh, I'll probably pick 16 just because I was uh, – that's when I got my uh, my man's body, I think. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have been able to do the things that I'm doing now, just with the brain that I have now, which would have been fantastic for a 16 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have to change much. You know, I'm, I'm proud of how far I've come. I'm proud of what I've done. Um, if I could go back and and give myself a bit more wisdom, it would be at the age of 16, because I was, mm-hmm. um, I was obviously very. Um, I could tell that I was going to be I could tell that I was going to be a tough player. Mm-hmm. I just uh I just I was, you know, I was just 16 so I was making mistakes and I wasn't Of course. I didn't know the game as well as I thought I did. I was uh yeah. So if I could if I could go back, I would go back to that age and just basically switch brains. Mhm. And know that, oh, if I sign in a team in a foreign country, I have to integrate myself right away. You know, Absolutely. the sooner the better. I would know things like that. It wouldn't take a year and a half to to happen. And a year and a half is a lot. You For sure, man. That. For sure. You know, just things like that. Sounds good, man. Um, just, you know, to end off, um, if you could offer, you know, a couple pieces of advice to a young player or another guy chasing the dream of becoming a professional, just to sum it all up, um, you know, if you could just give a couple points. Um, I, I would just say it, it comes from within, man. It's in the heart. Mm -hmm. It's in the head. There's no, um, there's no real secret to it. It's you. I decided I wanted to be a professional when I was nine or 10. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watched the the '98 World Cup uh, on a what is it on a VHS, whatever. I watched mm-hmm. it the year France won, um, and I don't know. I was all about it. I was all I was all about it, and everything I did, I uh, I did it to to play at the best level I could play. Um, mm-hmm. There's still lots of things you have to manage in life. You know, when you're young, there's school, there's family, um, you know. But as long as you you keep your dream alive, yep. Um, then nothing nothing can really stop you. It's 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 really in uh in in your hands. I mean, of course, some kids 
some kids have it's like everything man in life you know some kids have uh some kids have an advantage some kids yep. have a get a jump start some kids don't you know but whatever your situation is and whatever your dream is you know go get it you know absolutely if well, i uh, always if, like to say you know you were you were dealt the cards you were dealt now exactly. what are you going to do about it exactly it's period so go get it have fun while doing it and uh at the same time never give up on it unless you choose to it has to be on your terms it has to be your brain accepting that hey i tried the best i could and this didn't work out and i don't regret anything and this is what i love to do for this amount of time so yeah for sure man yeah, man. I mean, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate the time. It was a great talk. I love the insight you gave about, you know, integrating into the team. I think that was probably one of the most important parts of the conversation and one of the most important parts of being a pro. Yeah. Um, That's very so, yeah, thanks for that. Um, if, if thank the listeners, you. Thank... What's that? Yeah, I just wanted to ask, you know, if the listeners wanted to, you know, get in contact with you, ask you any other questions, what's the best place to reach you? Instagram? Um, yeah, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, okay. Instagram, my username is, uh, I think, Ivan underscore Fashive, which is my middle name underscore my last name. Um, if you type in George Fashive, I'm pretty sure you can, you can, uh, and find my page and uh my twitter's the same i think perfect so, yeah i'll definitely include yeah. that in the show notes and once again man thanks so much of course thank you for having me and uh we uh well we'll talk we'll keep yeah in touch. for sure brother we'll keep in touch have a yeah. good one have you a good too, man yeah, yeah bro, too. peace Bye. I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. I hope you learned a lot. George gave some really, really good insights there. I really like how he talks about anticipating the game, knowing where you're going to go before you're going to get the ball, knowing where the ball is going to go when you're playing defense, when you're sitting back, when you're pressing, whatever it is, you always got to be aware You got to be focused. You got to be concentrated for 90 minutes. And like he says in the podcast, be focused, be 100%, be intense in training, and you won't take off during matches. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, I would really appreciate a review. And if you want to get in contact with George, check out the description, hit him up on Instagram, hit him up on Twitter. Have a good one. Out.